shore where the mountains meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree. There's a light in the window, just salty to gals inside. I'm not sure if they're witches, but you know that's implied. Got the storytelling, ego swelling, pillow talking, moonlight walking, sea to the Sea Hags podcast. I'm Katie Nordgren. And I'm Chris Jeppa. And you got the giggles. Well, yes, I do. And with us today is another lovely, smiling, giggly friend. No, I'm so awkward, but we're going to keep going. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> this is take two. It's, it's Ashley Fair. Hello. Hi. Ashley. Hi. Yay. Oh, um, man. Has that's, it been a week? That's so funny. It has been a week. How's, how's your, your week? How's your week? Oh, my week's okay. Yeah. You were saying that you're tired of complaining on mic, so yeah. we'll just leave I was it just, for I now. was just kind of like, yeah, um, the stuff that's dumb is still dumb, uh, but I get to sleep every night, and I've been sleeping. I've been sleeping like a champ. Yay, so. good for you, buddy. So that's, that's the other <laughs> thing I usually complain about. It's just that I'm like, oh, I didn't sleep. I'm so tired. I'm so tired forever. Mm-hmm. But I've just been, yeah, and I, uh, I have been drinking for a week. I stopped drinking for the month. Mm-hmm. and um, Feeling good? Uh, I feel... I think that has to do with my sleeping, honestly. Oh, good. I, I think that I, my nightcaps were inter- interfering. That is very mm-hmm. common. I was really self-medicating with alcohol, for sure. So I was like, okay, stop that for a month and see how I feel. And I don't miss it I very much better. at all. Because I have a fancy glass that has fizzy water in it. <laughs> it's just as good. <laughs> <laughs> it's just as good. Yeah. Well, whatever. A little... A little sparkle in your step. Just a little sparkle in my step, yeah. No, I mean, it's kind of a crummy week, and I was in a very bad mood before I got here uh, to the shack, and I stopped to get my fancy fizzy water, because I don't have alcohol, and walked into the shopper's drug mart, as one does, and uh, people that I know from the internet rounded a corner and were like, we thought we saw you go in here. Is it okay if we say hello? <laughs> oh, that's so cute. It was so cute. It was uh, who I hope is a future guest, um, Avery, and uh, her partner Milo. And uh, it was very adorable because what happened was is that Avery said that she had been told to imagine a cool girl and close her eyes. And then when she opened them, I was standing like almost in front of her. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> That's Which was, like, the most flattering thing ever, because it's like, I don't feel cool on the inside this week, so it's nice to know that other people still see me that way, because sometimes the way people see you is as close to reality as you're gonna get, so. If they think I'm cool and I don't, I have to at least take their word for it a little bit. Yeah, good. Yeah. Take, take yes for an answer. I guess. You gotta trust others. <laughs> you love external validation. Yes, take it's it. the best. <laughs> so much better than the stuff on tap inside because that feels fake. I'm like, no, I'm faking it. I know that I'm not serious. <laughs> it's fine. How was your week, Chris? Uh, I was gonna ask Ashley oh. how your week was. Are we we're going... just uh, we can go clockwise. clockwise. I just wanted to say it was funny that. Like, Ashley, you and I are new friends, mm-hmm. and you haven't met Katie before, but it was like, I think maybe we might know each other. Yeah, you look super familiar to me. It's making me crazy. Yeah, so then Katie, like, looks up on Facebook, like, like, oh, do we know, like... Do we have yeah. mutual- and, uh, no, yeah, Katie couldn't find me on Facebook, but I informed her we only have four mutual friends, because <laughs> I was already there. <laughs> you already checked me out. Yeah. You, you did your research. <laughs> And I thought that was nice. You sent me such a nice message today. Like, I listened to your depression episode and mm-hmm. it resonated. No, it was such a good episode, I oh, think. So and I, I like saw it. a lot of comments from people on, on the Facebook and people <laughs> all needed it last week, especially. It was good. Yeah. It was really great. It was year. What is it with this fucking year? It started, I keep saying, it started with David Bowie and just went downhill somehow. Mm-hmm. Somehow that was no. not the worst that happened. Ugh. 
No, this Still year has dessert. been sucky. Do you ever get curious about patterns like that, where this it sounds a little bit like hootie doody? Like, yeah, we never do that yeah. here. <laughs> Let me just go get my crystal that's sitting right over there. I did charge up my amethyst in the moonlight, and I massaged my neck with it, and it helped. Well, you fucking nerd. Yeah. I mean, so tonight's like the black moon, yes. which is... Is that the like, moon? It's like the second new moon of the month. Yeah, and it's full of good energy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm I, down for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to dance naked in a park and get arrested because there's so many cops around my house. Perfect. And that probably <laughs> and isn't the positive side of things. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll go well for me. <laughs> probably not. I mean, I probably think a pigeon will peck me in a sensitive place. <laughs> oh my God. But, like, the last week, so, like, we were feeling really down and then everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, my God, like, this really resonated with me. Like, I felt like I needed this is exactly, like, the shit that I was working through. Mm-hmm. And then, like, on Wednesday, I was saying, like, oh, I feel really crappy. I have, like, terrible allergies. I'm taking the day off. And, like, all these other people are like, yeah, I'm working from home today. And, like, just on that Wednesday, Mm -hmm. I was like, what's going on in the universe? (laughs) 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 Like, is it? Or is it just because it's Wednesday and this, like, construct of a week that we've built sucks? I think it's the universe. (laughs) I want to think it's the universe. I think it's also a little bit of confirmation bias, probably. Just, like, wanting to be connected to other people. Like, and we are, yeah. so it, it's both fake and super real, just like everything. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if someone had told me, like, oh, I actually had a really good week, it was fine, I'd be like, fuck off. Be like, Linda. jump off ten cliffs, yeah. Linda. <laughs> Is Linda? I don't know. I was going to say Brenda, but Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. Well, Linda's mother. my aunt. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> got too many good, uh... Good, like, good names. Anything that has an nda in it is, like, a really good, like, thing to say with derision. I'm fine. Like, Glenda would also Glenda. be like, Glenda, mm-hmm. you think you're such a good witch? Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, feels man. good, man. So yeah, I think you're right that it's confirmation bias. So it's like the people that I like talk to on an extended basis, because maybe they're also reaching out because they needed some yeah. support, are the and, ones that are feeling bad. And those <laughs> who love you don't want to rub it in your face that they're having a great week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very Ooh. nice of them. <laughs> what is the asshole who's having an amazing year? Who's having, like, the year of their <laughs> life right now? Like, who is just killing it? Maybe someone who's, like, a Mennonite or something. They don't have, like, a radio. They don't know about all the dads. <laughs> just, like, peeling potatoes. Like, this potato peeler <laughs> is the best one I've ever had. Like, I'm just satisfied. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, Ezekiel, I hope you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> which you are not. No. <laughs> For you do not have the technology. <laughs> Oh, Ezekiel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We shared is... one passionate night in the hay. That <laughs> <laughs> never happened. You sure did raise that bar in there, Katie. <laughs> I've never been to Manitoba, so yeah. Just one fateful room springer. <laughs> hey, that's Amish people. We're, yeah. talk- we're talking about like Amish, diet Amish. Yeah. <laughs> Amish zero. <laughs> Amish Max. <laughs> Just all of the low calorie Crystal colas. Amish. Crystal Amish. <laughs> that sounds like meth. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Oh, I bet they're uh, making that in Pennsylvania. Probably exists. Oh, dear. Mm. Uh, oh. So, how was your week, Ashley? I've had actually a really good week. Today is kind of on like a little <laughs> Rub it in, note, why don't you? Right? you. No, I um, did a lot of interviews this week. I'm uh, I'm an organizer for a group of Canadians going to defeat Trump. Oh. In the States, yeah. How, so, are they, how are they doing that? We're going to go door knocking. Some really simple, yeah. <laughs> old-fashioned campaigning. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, Tell so, me about that. I saw a post and I was like, Canadians against Trump. Like, 
what's gonna happen? We have no influence over that at all. But it's like, I guess you could put some boots on the ground and exactly. some fists on some... Exactly, be real polite. <laughs> Give him the old Canadian apology. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, exactly. No. Yeah, no. Um... So sorry to bother you. <laughs> do you mind? Just do you two mind, words? Do you mind pushing the apocalypse back a few years, please? We're not ready. Uh, yeah, so just exactly, we're getting volunteers to go down to the states, and we're gonna go door knocking. We're going to swing states if we can, um, but we can't pay for anyone to go, so it's kind of challenging. But yeah, my week has been full of media, which was overall good, except for today when oh. they were not very nice. They were really annoying, actually. Oh man, <laughs> I don't like the media very much. I I have a I have a yeah iffy relationship. It started out really great. My very first validating. interview was on camera with like. CBC French. I don't nice. speak French, but it was Is that English. Curry? No, Pierre something. That's a much Frencher name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was great. We had a great conversation. So the week started with that. And then today was this like super cool new radio station. And they just kept being like, well, we don't think you, you have any reason to go over there. Like we have racism here. You should deal with that here. And I was like, but Trump will affect all of that. We need to stop it. So, and they just, like, kept coming back to that point, and I was like, what else can I say? So. That's, I saw Wab Canoe last night. He's a, he was on the CBC and is now, like, an MLA in Manitoba. That's right, yeah. And, like, an indigenous dude, really awesome speaker. Yep. Um, and he said some stuff, like, he was talking about how indigenous knowledge can be applied to, like, the refugee crisis and stuff like that, to be like, can we think about sharing our space and inviting people? And he basically said, like, if we turn around, like, after being colonized and turn our backs on people that are fleeing a terrible situation, like, then colonization worked. So we need to go back to our roots of, like, being more welcoming and kind to each other. And he's like, and when people tell me, like, there's so many awful things happening in our communities, he's like, I can care about many things at once. Exactly. So, like, we can do lots Uh. of work, lots of different (laughs) kinds of work. We need to stop shitting on other people who are doing stuff that we wouldn't necessarily do. Exactly. Especially if it's something that you think, like, might be a good idea. Like, if it's on your political side of the spectrum, kind of. Like, Mm -hmm. to to shit on other people who are doing something that you're like, well, I don't really see how that would be helpful. Don't shit talk someone for that. Yeah. It's not helping. And maybe, like, I get this a lot in, like, organizing, especially in politics, Mm -hmm. like... I'm really effective as a writer and a speaker and it's like, and I also have like some connections with like the degree that I've done and all this stuff that like you can sit at tables and you can get maybe some clout by showing up at these things that other people wouldn't have access to. And so I'm going to do that, but I'm not the best canvasser door knocker person because I get real stammery, but there are a lot of people that have like amazing energy to do that. So I'm like, okay, well I'll organize letter writing campaigns and like write stuff and help you guys edit your things and I'll put materials together and I'll do all this if you want to put the boots on the ground to like go and distribute this Mm -hmm. then we're all working together and then like whatever person you're targeting Mm -hmm. is getting messages from like five different venues right it's like you're getting letters you're getting people showing up you're getting people doing protests you're getting people do like fundraisers like multi-pronged approach I yes. So, so much respect for the effort you're putting in. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, that radio station did not. <laughs> uh, what radio station was it? Roundhouse. Oh, yeah. Never even They're heard super of them. new. Super, super new. Cool. We're in fucking Yale Town. They're Rail Town. Rail Town. Oh, yeah. We're, sorry, it's actually Rail Town. 
It's not the downtown east side, and it's not Strathcona. It's Railtown. It's but like the borders are very blurific. <laughs> I just love doing vocal fry. People are like, "Why do teen girls do that?" Because it feels amazing. Actually, yeah. <laughs> have you noticed that when you when you just like put on the voice, it just feels good. Like you feel it radiating in your heart chakra. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's I like, actually do. It's very relaxing. It is. Yeah. It's like, I do it as a mocking thing, and then I'm like start doing it seriously. It's like, uh oh. <laughs> I already say like and up talk a fair bit, so I gotta watch that vocal fry. <laughs> Don't want men disrespecting me because of the way I talk. <laughs> or my mom. <laughs> That's my grandma was the biggest proponent of like getting me to change how I speak. Like she was very like drilled mean. like she drilled uh, very mean she drilled <laughs> femininity into me in a really intense way like mm-hmm. especially around like weight and behavior but also like really wanted me to be taken seriously and conduct myself in a way that you know just wouldn't get you written off as like a dumb woman mm-hmm. so like that's very sexist in its own way but it's like you know mm-hmm. don't say like like she would fucking hit me anytime I said oh and like and like her smack like, start nice. again, or, like, with a ruler on the knuckles, you know? One, Old... two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was just assuming that's how it works. Yeah, well, I play piano, and she would wrap me on the knuckles with, like, the metal Stop ruler. hitting children! Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Don't do it. But, like, that was a big thing that she tried to drill out of my vocabulary. It's like, don't do the up-talk, don't say like, mm-hmm. be very firm, and, and also don't say you're sorry about everything. Like, don't apologize, don't say just, don't say this is just my opinion or whatever. She's like, don't qualify. Like, but like, shut the fuck up until you actually have something important to say as well, which like is actually it's pretty funny. Fair. It's a little bit of column A, column B there yeah. because I definitely support the don't say sorry. I'm a, I say sorry all the time. I, mm. I'm really trying to break that habit. But saying like, whatever. Yeah. No one, people understand what I'm saying. My mom was big on the, the like thing and she would start counting every time I would do it in <gasps> our conversation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh make a God. tally. Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. That's uh, so, like, I get it though. Like, I mean, I understand the irrita- irritation of repetitive sort of vocal tics. Like, I get, I, there's things that people do that really annoy me and I, like, when they do it and keep doing it and keep doing it, I just want to say something. I want to say something so bad, mm-hmm. but it's not helpful, so don't do it. Well, it's interesting because I think part of it too is that we're so trained to, especially now in social media age, mm-hmm. like, always be responding to things yeah. and always, always be talking. Wow, yeah. And so we, oh, those are filler words. If we pause for a moment, same mm-hmm. with um. If you pause for a moment, someone cuts in. I like in student politics. I was on a board with all guys, so if I stopped for one second, they would jump right in, and I'd be like, "I'm not fucking done." Don't <laughs> is, interrupt me. Is swearing yeah. okay? Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> oh, it's super okay. Everything has got a little red e next to Great. it. Great. <laughs> we we're pretty foul mouthed. Perfect. Yeah, it's fine. Well, that was where you were saying about That's such uh, a good point. God damn, your week has been filled with some Hillary Clinton stuff, where it was like the debate happened, like the mm. first one between them, and it was like Hillary Clinton got interrupted 70 times and Donald Trump only like 40 or something mm-hmm. and he thought that he was the most interrupted and there's all those studies that show oh, that men think that they that they don't dominate conversations or that they barely say anything but then when you objectively count mm-hmm. like women get way it interrupted was, all the I, time I looked up the statistics for that because yeah. I really I keep hearing it quoted and I really really wanted to know what the study was so if somebody was like where the fuck did you get that I could slap it down and the only place I could find it was the Gina Davis Center for like Feminist Media mm-hmm. and it was that if and here, and I'm I'm really going off memory here, but it's like if women are present at se- like with and speak 17 percent of the time, they're considered to be equal by the men that are in the group. That's like if right. It's 17 percent, and if they speak 
34% of the time, they are perceived as being dominating. Hmm. That's obscene. That's absolutely obscene. <laughs> but it's just like, it goes to show just how much this stuff gets ingrained and how much, uh, you know, women are taught to be accommodating and men are taught to be, to take mm. pretty much. And that's, that's, that's an unfortunate thing, but it's very unconscious. I think it's not, it's super non-intentional. Mm-hmm. I find it challenging now that we're doing a podcast to kind of keep my natural cadence going and I feel like I have to always jump in and fill the space and we mm-hmm. can't have dead air and you know we did like some podcasts with like really super fun comedians that are like really super quick and you know and that was really fun but it felt like oh I have to hold my own I can't stop can't stop <laughs> just keep going keep going keep going like but then sometimes when we get into conversations, when we're getting into more deep stuff, then we do have natural pauses mm-hmm. and it's really nice. Yeah. And I find that when I am in the room, I feel like, oh, it's probably dead air. But when I listen back, it actually feels nice to listen to. So I think I need to not be quite as judgy over my own performance and just like enjoy the process of talking to my friends. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> I, there, I, don't ask me what the word is, but there's a Japanese word for that, the, like a pause in especially in filmmaking, like, I, I'm not a big Japanese film person, but I do like the Miyazaki films, like, from Studio Ghibli, mm-hmm. like, and they, they, they have, like, a lot of quiet pauses in them, and it's just meant to, it's just meant to create, like, a naturalness in it, like, mm-hmm. and, it, and it really does, I think, but I definitely am conscious of it when we're here, like, I, I definitely feel like I need to fill the space, Yeah, too. and I feel like that has also come from being around organizing tables, with really intense, awesome political people that mm-hmm. have a lot of great ideas, but then they just keep talking. You gotta jump in. You gotta just... jump in or else you won't get your space. And I'm also an only child and I never had to share um. time like that. So even when I go to families that, you know, have lots of kids and stuff, and it's like, stop being so polite and hanging back. Just get in there. I'm like, I'm just I'm in no rush, man. Like, I'm just waiting my turn. It's fine. But then suddenly the meeting's over and you didn't speak at all and then now suddenly I'm just always the secretary and everything. Oh, you just seem to have been taking notes the whole time. Like, yeah, because I was writing stuff down that I was going to say but I didn't yeah. get to. Fuck. <laughs> These minutes are terrible. It's all just me. <laughs> I hate this guy's beard or something. <laughs> I, was yeah. I, was in a, I was in an incredibly long meeting today at work, like two, and a, two plus hours. It was like a steering committee meeting. And it was like, I really like the vast majority of the faculty members I work with are very lovely people. They're just pretty long-winded, and they have a lot of important things to say, and we're being crushed on the wheel of academic bureaucracy, so everybody wants to bitch about it, right? Like, we're like, this sucks. Uh, Powers that be, Mm. we're in the arts and social sciences, so, like, nobody (laughs) gives a shit about us. You could just bring, like, Andrew Petter. He was at the thing that I went to last night, and he was like... I don't want him anywhere near me. (laughs) Yeah, the, the president of SFU just being like... We're at the president's dream colloquium. colloquium, and because we're here with these indigenous people, and we're going to share knowledge in this amazing ceremony. Because I just want us to dream together. Because that's what reconciliation that is all makes about. Me is feel dreaming so together. I was like, <laughs> oh no, no, <laughs> no! I think it's about something else. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's about something a well, little bit different. Yeah, than that. I believe that the, they say reconciliation in action, not necessarily like <laughs> if we... creating a space to dream about it. Uh, how about fucking... Let's just do it. If we dream hard enough, we can erase intergenerational trauma. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that's how it do. Yeah, and then the speaker was like, you know, every person that I've talked to about higher education, like, for indigenous folks, it's all... We want more money invested in, like, language mm. and culture, mm-hmm. like, restoration mm-hmm. and celebration, like, study and all of this, but yet still the business schools come in and the practical trades come in... Yeah. And, like, a lot of Indigenous students are, like, streamlined into those because they are quick returns and you can, like, get some really awesome jobs. And that's mm-hmm. amazing. 
but what all the students are telling us is they want to speak their language and they want to fucking know about their culture and the president of SFU is kind of there's like didn't really say anything <laughs> he's a super bureaucrat like yeah. I don't I don't really I have nothing to do with him but yeah. um the the meeting was cool in that it actually talked about that because oh. there's a, there's a new there's a new course and then a series of lectures that's going to be happening. The lectures will be free. And a lot of it does have to do with linguistic diversity, including cool. indigenous language. So so that came up. But uh, I, what I was going to say earlier is that, like, because I'm not a voting member of any of these committees. I, I am. I act as a secretary, even though I'm not a secretary and take minutes. But I end up being kind of comic relief. And I don't know if they appreciate it or not, but that's <laughs> what they get. Because <laughs> I'll just be like, if I hear something distasteful, I'm not professional. They love it. There's like six of us in there. I was just like, uh, or if somebody said, like said something about that, something that was obviously an empty promise. I'm like, yeah, when fucking hell freezes over or something. <laughs> You're just taking minutes uh, and muttering. That's, that's so like, good though. No, it's they, true. Honestly, they need to hear that stuff. My room, my roommate is the minute taker at a student union, and the stuff that people say is ridiculous. And she is she come home and kind of talk about it, and I'm just like, how can they get away with that? And it's because someone who actually knows what's going on, i.e. her, can't jump in and be like, uh... And sometimes she will be like, maybe you guys should reconsider that. But it's so mm. carefully worded. Mm. Yeah. Ugh. Because you have Ugh. to toe such a fine line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the... I... I definitely, I'm a shitty minute taker. I don't know why they keep asking me to do it. Probably because the only other people who are available to do it aren't any better. No so. one else wants to do it. No, I, it's <laughs> horrible. I fucking hate doing secretarial work. I don't mind it. Like, if I did a million other things all the time and then I had a day a week where I, mm-hmm. where I was doing, like, filing or, or like, collating or something. It's <laughs> important to have shit organized, you know? And I'm super organized, yeah. but the thing is, is that nobody else is, and so, like, mm. I, I'll go and organize something, and then it's just, like, it's just, like, being a parent of toddlers, right? Like, it just gets... Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, so I'm just like, why even bother? I'm still not a permanent employee, anyway. Mm. <laughs> four and a half years. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. That's... Mm. This is the... Economic reality we're living in, my friends. Mm-hmm. Ain't it just? Just if you don't like it, get a new job. Yeah, get a, and then you sent me that job thing where, that was like, oh, here's a cool job. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, no, they want me to work 20% more for 20% less. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. And it's with somebody really, oh, no, nope, mm-mm, no, th- there are slim pickets <laughs> out there. I guess I'll just stay where I am. There's a lot of there's a lot of bakeries and coffee shops hiring, and I was saying to Katie today, I'm like, I would fucking I worked in coffee and I was actually really really good, <laughs> like I can fucking foam some milk and I can tell when it gets to 160 degrees because of what it sounds like. Yeah, wow. I always made the perfect pours and I could do the latte art and shit. It was really fun. I was like, maybe I'll apply to like apprentice at Cafe Artigiano. Like that's what I was thinking oh I would gosh. do with my life. Was be like a special barista that like go to that that latte art competition yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like I was getting kind of good at it, and then it was like, well, I actually can't live or work on like I can't pay my bills. Yeah, I get all the crustata I want to eat. You know, <laughs> like day old fucking scones, but uh, it's hard to get. Know. It's hard to get like soft skills recognized. You yeah, know? like goodness. they just don't get remunerated. But it's at like all. I would happily go back and work at a coffee shop a couple days a week. That would be a really lovely thing to do, and then I would just mm-hmm. make art and stuff. But it's like you cannot. There's not a living wage in that kind no. of employment, so no. you'd have to work more than full time in order to make ends meet. Well, there's no time for art. Yeah. No. I was so given an opportunity grinding. to become a delivery driver for a weed company, Ooh. which I 
genuinely thought about it. I was like, I can't use the car that is in my partner's name and have to get a little beater. Do I really want to drive around for a job? But I'm also kind of like, make it easier to do comedy. <laughs> Just like, but I also kind of hated comedy this week. So I was like, oh, I don't want to make it easier for me to do that because uh, I don't want it to become my main mm, thing that I do all the time. Yeah. Because it's making me sad. Yeah. Oh, that's well. fair. Yeah. There's a, there was a job that I applied for and then I actually wound up getting a different job. Um, not my current job, but a different thing. But it was with a friend of mine that I knew from school and he was running this like pharmacy program. Mm -hmm. And it was like supposed to be like an ethically, socially responsible pharmacy. Because so many folks, like especially in the downtown east side that have like mental health issues and are very isolated will get their medication dispensed from a pharmacy and they just have to go get it and that's the end of the story and nobody mm -hmm. checks in on them. So this was going to be like, we deliver your meds once a week in a blister pack and we like chill with you for like 20 minutes, have tea oh on my like gosh. a schedule and you just like roll around like all over that's Vancouver amazing. and drop off medication. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of sad that I didn't take it after all because it would have actually been a really nice thing, mm -hmm. but it was kind of like evenings and weekends. Ooh, yeah. Which is hard, but that's, like, when the schedule was for. And yeah. a friend of mine got the job, and she's like, this is the chillest fucking job I've ever had. Like, she drives around in a van, listening to music, and then just, toot, like... Dude, it's me, the drug lady! <laughs> just, like, just, like, sits with, like, little sweeties, like, having tea and just being like, how are you today, Gladys? And, like, oh, making it. sure that the newspapers aren't piling up too much, and... Oh, you don't know. want you to get buried alive now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's not like they have, like, with the pharmacy any kind of power to get them other supports, but they can at least advocate. Like, I see this person regularly, so yes. I think that they should be a candidate for home support or whatever. Holy, that is such a great service. Right? I have a woman who came into my office who is just lonely. Like, she yeah. came in and she's oh, like, oh, yeah, oh. and she gets, like, she gets home care support, but... Not enough anymore because there's no funding for it. Um, Ain't that so she and she was talking about how lonely it gets, and especially as it gets colder, she's not going to go out as much. Mm -hmm. And so we've become friends, but that's not her at home. That's still in the work day. Like she's going to be lonely at night. Yeah, she could have someone bring her stuff. Yeah, instead of having to a make a trip out to the pharmacy. Yep. Which, like, you could do, and that's nice to get out in the community, but yeah. also, like, it's kind of nice for someone to come deliver it. And... and actually have time to talk to you, because my friend is a pharmacist, and, yeah, you they would chat with the seniors or whoever needed a little extra time, but sometimes they didn't have time for that, and so they're like, okay, Gladys, I gotta go. Mm -hmm. And Gladys is like, okay. Oh, <laughs> that was when I worked in supportive housing, when I first started, and I was, like, really, really kind <laughs> before I, like, lost a lot of my... <laughs> Heart and soul. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I know. It got dark. But uh, I would work night shifts at this one building, and there was a woman that was just very lonely, and she was very much a night owl. And so she'd be like, can you shut down the front desk and, like, come have tea with me? And I'm like, actually, I can. This is a quiet building, so let's do this. And, but unfortunately, she kind of, like, just having tea for, like, your 20-minute break was kind of not enough. Mm. And it would be like, now come upstairs again. And I was like, well, I was just up there. So it was, like, a big challenge in setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to do, like, a, a like one of my favorite things to do is just being alone together with people. Yeah. So I was like, hey, gal, like, do you have books that you like to read? Like, bring your book down to the office, and we'll just, like, read books together. And then if something comes up, I'll have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But just come and sit and read a book with me. And that was, so we just made book club. That's amazing. And it was, it was a goddamn delight, actually. That's, that's terrific. <laughs> that's yeah. a great solution. so great. 
Yeah. I had a, I have a, a question related to, you are very politically informed, I'm guessing, like you're quite up on things. Yes. Um, and I'm, <laughs> um, I read a really interesting thing about something that Hillary Clinton was proposing to do uh, if she's elected, which was to create like a, basically a non-military reservist force of like young people that is uh, volunteer based, like, or college credit based, mm-hmm. um, that would be like part of uh, an auxiliary force for like disaster response or like, um, this is something that I was reading about that sounded really interesting to me. And I wondered like if, and she also wants to beef up the Peace Corps and all, all these other kind of like non, um, non-military groups of Mm -hmm. people that like do response to this kind of thing. And I'm thinking like, there could be like a, an arm of that that does like, outreach, gerontology Mm -hmm. outreach or something like, like elder care or just like, just being present like this, this sort of like, I I think what she, the, the rationale that was being used, I don't have the article in front of me, obviously was just that, uh, we become very insular and we, um, uh, especially now that we, we, we have the luxury of just hanging out in echo chambers, basically with people who are the same age as us, the same color, the same sexuality, that kind of stuff. So there isn't a lot Mm -hmm. of like crossing those boundaries and like getting to know other kinds of people, which I mean, for a lot of people, that's a safety measure, right? Like for queer communities or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, but then other people aren't being exposed and like getting to know like, Oh, I don't, I don't like gay people, but you like Brian and he's gay. I didn't know he was gay. I do like Brian. Oh my God. Maybe I don't (laughs) hate gay people. You know, like that kind of experience is really important, but we like, nobody wants to be a project to somebody else. Right. But, but I like the idea of like getting college credit or like, just being part of some kind of force for good that, uh, you know, like people live much longer and they're very lonely because, and when they're lonely, they're desperate and nobody wants to hang out with desperate people. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that's kind of the bummer. But if it's, if you have like regular companionship, it becomes much more, you become more alive, I think. And I think that that would be a really awesome thing if that could be part of that. So I don't know what the plan is for that. You, this is news to you. It is news to me. This This is amazing. And I want it to happen here too. That sounds so great. I was thinking like, how do you do that without it being condescending? Like you're saying like, no one wants to be a project. So it's like, Oh, this high school kid is going to come and read to me. Like, would people welcome that, or would it be like, oh, don't pity me? I guess it depends mm-hmm. on the person. I guess it's also... Like, I would fucking hate it myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but you don't know where you'll be in, true. like, 70 years it's or true. less, I guess, maybe. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I'm going to be 101. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Maybe. Potentially, yeah. Um, but I think there's also a different culture of it, mm-hmm. at least, I don't know, based on the books I read as a kid, like the Baby Stars Club, people seemed really into that stuff. Yeah. But who knows? And Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> we can just tie that right in. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I really, I like, uh, I used to really think about, because I do enjoy elderly people, especially when I'm not related to them, because, yeah. like... Tell me a fucking story, like, if you could have, like, a different person yeah. coming in, like, more frequently, and then they would get to tell their, like, most favorite, bestest stories to, right? like, a fresh audience. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly, and I really, um... <laughs> it's just, like, coming out of my mouth, it seems mean. <laughs> no, no, it's fun. I, I People like to talk, and yeah. it, it just feels good to have people around and to not be alone, and, I mean, I really... Like, I used to not hate visiting my grandmother when she was mm-hmm. in the home. Like, it was kind of sad because she was, like, sliding into dementia. But she always mm-hmm. recognized me. So mm-hmm. it was like, she was just happy to see me. She mm-hmm. was just so happy to see me, right? Like, she was just so happy to have someone there to talk to or whatever, like, for whatever length of time. But it never felt like enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like when I was leaving, she was like, oh. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So if it was something, like, there was just people around, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not even, like, oh, go sit with Gertrude or whatever. It's just like... No, you're working at the home. You're like helping them with meal service or whatever. You're like mm-hmm. reorganizing the library or like feeding the birds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like just being there and getting to know people and then being like, oh, I actually really like Gladys. Gladys, what's up? What happened this week? Like, well, I was yeah, away. What's totally. going on? 
I, I think it's something that happens has to happen organically. You can't just like, all right, you're big brother and old brother. See, it works great with like with like adults and children for yeah. like big brother, little, mm-hmm. little sister, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not say that correctly, but you know what I'm talking about: big <laughs> yeah. brothers and big, big sisters. sisters. Yeah, <laughs> little sister <laughs> fucked it up. Oh well, big <laughs> brothers in that porn store. Yeah, <laughs> awesome porn bookstore. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, it's just stuff I think about. Like I, I love I love old people, and I will be one someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I don't want to be forgotten in an attic like Miss Havisham or yeah. something. It's one of the things that I've definitely learned from again, like supportive housing stuff, where it's like the shit just doesn't happen overnight. And like in the, when I was in the UK doing my practicum, it was like they have these like be a buddy, like be a companion, mm-hmm. be like a kinship carer, and it's like that felt fakey because your job is just to go and be friends with them but Mm -hmm. I like where it's like oh I have other things that I'm doing within this building or Mm -hmm. whatever but I'm also free to hang out like my duties aren't so strenuous that I can't stop and chat Mm -hmm. so it's like you have sort of purpose-built stuff or like in the in the Netherlands where it's like all these poor students are also living in nursing homes now and then they're just buds I thought that was such a great idea sounds amazing yeah yeah I would love that it's such a great solution for like housing problems. Too. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like you live in a your roommate's like eighty five. That's I know lots. Do you have it, George? You left your teeth in the toilet again. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a toilet. Because it's hilarious. I'm from here. <laughs> it's not our slang. Good God. I know people with older roommates, especially like in New York and Amsterdam. And you have an like old that. roommate. Yeah, I, li- I live with a 60-year-old man. Oh, that's awesome. Old, yeah. He's pretty wiry, though. You wouldn't think he was 60. No. <laughs> Doesn't come off like a senior. Well, that Maybe is a senior. Not, it's not really, that's not really even senior anymore. No, 60 is super young. Yeah. 65 is considered senior. My parents are yeah. like, my dad gets the bomb-ass seniors discounts. He's into it. He's like got his CARP card. His Canadian Association of Retired Persons. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of AARP, it's He's like, carp. what's up, y'all? <laughs> Give me the deals. <laughs> Rolling in for the early bird dinner. <laughs> You know it. <laughs> you know that's what John Norgren does. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, uh, so, uh, so whatever. Consensus: old people are great, and we should take better care of them. Well, I've just been well, thinking yes. a lot about like, okay, so you're mobilizing volunteers to go do this. Like, let's go to the states and talk to people. Yeah. Um, I have two thoughts. Okay. First off, I want to mobilize volunteers to do so many things, but nobody ever seems to want to do anything. Mobilize mm. just sounds so cool. Right? But it's like, <laughs> my big idea is I, I work with a lot of people that can't find anywhere to live. Yeah, right? that's right. But a lot of their barriers are like, I fucking can't read. So how am I going to look at ads? Yep. So like, I could totally sit down with you and read Craigslist with you for a while. You know, but it's like, I, in my job, I don't have time to do that. Mm, but, like, could you get, like, a mobile volunteer army of so Yes. <laughs> Are you Hamilton again? <laughs> um, you nerd. To get them to, like, would you be, like, a like a rent fucking buddy? You know, just, like, read rental ads and, like, walk around to different places with your pal and, like, talk to landlords and, like... You are, so seeking, volunteer, you are relatively literate in the Tenancy Act, so you can sort of tell if they're being asked inappropriate information Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you can help them stand up for their rights, in a way. Yes. This sounds amazing. I feel like that would be a cool thing to do, and especially when people are like, how do I get involved in, like, local politics? It's like, well, you could actually, like, literally just sign up to, like, be this person's, like... And That's something I would be good at. at you shit, know what would be interesting you know? about this too is I think it would drastically change the like the rental uh, like policies too because mm-hmm. you have more people actively engaging in it and advocating for people who 
don't understand it that well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would maybe, hopefully, change things. I think this would be... Let's talk about this offline. I yeah. think this is something really, really yeah, awesome. Yeah, because like, we do we a lot of education happen. around like here's what the Tenancy Act is and mm-hmm. here's what you should have done to prevent this. Like, yeah. We can help with a lot of that stuff, but yeah. it's hard to do in like a clinic yeah. style format like I feel like so many people need pretty intensive one-on-one support honestly yeah, totally. mm-hmm. just to get over some maybe some social anxiety of like making a bunch of fucking phone calls like you know I, someone I that's someone calls. that's not but you know like someone that's not yeah. or like sending emails for a person yeah. to set up a whole bunch of appointments to meet potential landlords and you just go with them and hang out like that seems pretty yeah. like low pressure for yeah. like a volunteer gig and it would really help somebody. Absolutely. So that's like my one like idea for volunteer stuff. That's Housing huge. advocates. How, yeah, basically. That's great. Cuz like all the funding for like people that get paid to do that has been cut. Yeah. So like God. if people are looking for like a good positive way to like spend some of their energy, mm-hmm. that would be a good place to start. Yeah. I guess. But then I also wonder so it's like to then I'm going to take time to go down to the states and knock on doors like it's kind of a select group of folks that can afford to take time off work, mm-hmm. can't afford to pay for the travel expense. As you said, you don't have money to pay people to do That's that. Right. So how do you get over some of those challenges? Or you just have to take who you get, I guess. There, I mean, yeah, and there yeah. is a phoning tool mm-hmm. um, that people can use from here. Okay. So you don't have to go to the States. Um, it's just that door knocking is more effective. Mm-hmm. So just getting into the nitty gritty details of I, how I'm, effective it is. <laughs> I'm very curious always because like I'm kind of new to like political organizing and like I whenever anyone phones me so like I had people from Lead Now phone me mm-hmm. and I'm like you're a very progressive organization I get all your emails like I'm I read them and he's like do you want to talk about the Trans Pacific Partnership I'm like not on the phone are you crazy <laughs> like I was just like. I was like, no, I don't, no, I don't want to. <laughs> and he was like, but don't you care about this? I'm like, I care about it a lot, but, like, we can, like, I will do whatever organizing. I'll shoot some emails back mm-hmm. I'll do, but, I like, I don't want to talk on the phone about it. I don't want to talk on the phone about anybody. But I guess, that's no. the, I guess that's the multi-pronged approach for someone that's not going to be reading their email all the time. Mm-hmm. And then and I guess, like, if people show up on my doorstep, I'm like, go away. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't I know. Mean, that's why I wouldn't do it myself but like well know. yeah totally if you don't see yourself <laughs> talking to someone on the door then you probably aren't someone who's going to go on the other side of the door yeah but i think also <laughs> the people we're talking to are a different demographic mm-hmm. i mean door knocking is one thing because whoever answers the the door which i have so many thoughts about that and young voters but that's something mm-hmm. else but um with the phones especially with uh the way the voters list works and everything it's going to be older people who will pick up the phone yeah. you will get to talk to you most of the time, unless they've signed up in other ways to get their phone number on a list. Yeah, but, fair enough. Um, but yeah, especially like here in Canada, phoning is really not super effective because so many people are on cell phones now. But slowly that is changing. It's coming back around. Mm-hmm. You were mean to someone on the phone. I wasn't mean. I was very, uh, for me, I was mean. So like, to, it might be like you're polite <laughs> to someone who's <laughs> called you and you don't want to talk to them. <laughs> it was, see the thing was, it was SFU that called me and I was like, fuck, they want my money. <laughs> I'm like, give me a real job and then I'll give you some. <laughs> uh, I didn't say that, but I was just like, I was like, hello. <laughs> I was just like, uh, do you have a moment to take a survey? You, I was you like, saw it was SFU and you answered the phone anyway? I didn't know I didn't see it was oh, okay. SFU. I just, it was just a number. I was like, someone's dead. So I picked up the phone because I assume someone's dead. Yeah, same. Um, and <laughs> yep, it's the reasonable thing to expect every yeah. time the phone rings. Um, cause that's usually what it means. So I picked it up and they're like, do you have time to take a survey for SFU? I was like, no, I'm watching a movie. And I didn't say that. I was like, actually I'm watching a movie right now. So it's really not a good time for me. It's like, what would be a good time? I'm like, what's this for? <laughs> she was like, 
we're just calling people who came through like the gender and women's studies program at SFU. I'm like, oh, I will totally talk to you. Please call me on Monday. I'm so sorry. Good night. <laughs> That's very polite. Yeah. No, I, I would, but I was for me, it was not polite. I am so fucking ingratiating. But okay, so as someone who de- has done fundraising over the phone for mm-hmm. many years, and I've done phone calling for campaigns and everything, I'm actually the worst person to call. Because I'm an asshole. Are you? you I'll pick it up and I'll just be like, and and I'm my my tone is mean. Everything. I'm just like, no, I don't want to talk to you. I know, or like I'm, I know about the issue, or like I'm gonna vote for you, or no, I'm not gonna donate. Like, and I'm like, if I if I want to donate, I'd already done it. And like, hang on, already. Uh, Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like that about every donation thing. It's like I kind of know the ones that I go for. Yeah. You know what though? Every single goddamn time Amnesty International calls me. I let them up my donation. <laughs> oh, really? And then, you know what? I, I, one time I was like, I actually am between jobs right now, so could you call me, like, in a year, call me and I'll up it another three or four bucks a month. Aww. And they're like, great, cool, thank you. That's I'm, amazing. I'm a pushover for Amnesty for some reason. Fair enough. I mean, like, they you do know the really good that work. You like, yeah. And that's what you give your money to, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. That. And Maximum Fund. Those are my monthly donations. I just had... Podcast Network. I just got a lot of emails because uh, maybe I didn't pay my credit card bill right away and I got a bunch of emails being like your regular monthly donations have all been cancelled so I have to like reset them back up again which is a pain in the bum you can start back at the bottom though and then then every time they call you you feel good because you're bumping it up every time I guess Pro tip. It's just more annoying. <laughs> but it makes the caller yeah. feel good, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, well, they, I did that with one guy. I, was, he, like, I let him talk to me for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Sure, Clark. I'll, I'll, let's, let's bring it up to 17 a month from, from 14. <laughs> He's like, thank you so much. <laughs> it's been a hard day. I guess I have a... I actually don't have a lot of empathy for people that make the phone calls, and I kind of forget that they're humans on the other end. Same. Just because, like... It's so annoying. When they speak from a script, it's so obnoxious. Totally. But it's also we, like, we get so many goddamn NDP calls. Yes, yes, yes exactly. Which We're is why members. I feel bad. We money. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, the money was so you would stop calling. <laughs> like, <laughs> whenever I get the chance, whenever I have like uh, database, or access to the database again, I go in and delete my phone number every time. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. Yeah. You crafty little weasel. I love it's, it. It's, it's a hard one. And like... Oh man! I just hate the telephone so much. Yeah, same. It's the worst part of my job. It's and the worst part of everything. Really, I have to do. Mm-hmm. let's be real. All these organizations should just set up a texting service and test that out and say, like, find out if you have a cell phone. Text you to be like, do you want to increase your pack by this much? And you just click Y mm-hmm. or you know three for three dollars or whatever. Yeah. I think that would be super effective. Because yeah, if they can do it like for other stuff, pizza. like, that was, like, on fucking... It is the first time I ever heard so that was possible. on a podcast, you know, it's, like, just donate to Red Cross or whatever, text this number. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. I will definitely do that. Any Anyone who has... Well, that one, so the Red Cross ones, yeah, it's, like, you... It's out to your phone bill and they send the money to Red Cross. But okay. a ton of organizations, if you have a good database... This is getting so nerdy, but no, if you I have kinda, a really I good database, then you have those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, it does add to your phone bill, but if it's an organization that already has your credit card, then they're just connecting it to what you already have and just pops it up. That's so freaking cool, man. There's got to be a better way. Turns out there is. <laughs> more people should use it. More Please. people should listen to me. Please, if you text me and ask for money, I am so much more likely to give you money than if you call me. If you call me, I'm just like, who died? No one. I hope it's you next time. <laughs> I saw, this is kind of mean, but I saw, like, a weird, uh, like, a loop, basically, like, a, like, a positive feedback loop happen between, like, a local 
notorious community activist on commercial drive and a binder person that was unprepared for the interaction. Oh boy. And it was very interesting because the binder person was like, do you have a moment to talk about? And it was like a very young man. And this person was just like, I do have a minute to talk. (laughs) And then I just like the fear in his eyes. (laughs) And then they just like, like, I never thought this would happen. But like, it's like, okay, great. They'll talk to you about, let me tell you about, you know, this pipeline or whatever. And it's just like got into this big loop de loop. And I saw like another binder person come over and like try to rescue the guy. (laughs) And it like didn't work. I've definitely, so on the other side of that, I've definitely had a, like, let's share whatever situation where someone from public outreach, whatever, Mm -hmm. I signed up for their thing, but I was like, but here's my thing, and they signed up for my thing, and it was great. Quid pro quo. That's good. Mm -hmm. I like that tabling at events and stuff like that, but I just Oh, this is on the street. This is just on the street. They pulled me in. I always feel bad saying no to them, because I did their job once, and I'm like, I know, but also, you need to make money, so don't talk to me, because I'm not going to donate on the spot. Yeah. I, I did that really once nice. for the BC SPCA. Oh, yeah. Because it was a handsome Scottish guy. <laughs> oh, I'm so ashamed. You're such a pushover. I for know. Certain and he was, he was so handsome and was just like, Oh, I lassie. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Just the wee kittens and doggos. Just the doggos. Oh. You donate $20, oh I will pull my kilt up for you. <laughs> She's not going to listen to this. She'd be so mad at me. It's a bad accent. But, so I did, and now I, like, can't get off their email list and all oh, that. Yeah, that's like, the problem. Yeah. Daisy. I yeah. love, that's my very, one of my favorite gigs ever on Brooklyn Nine-Nine was, was like, uh, Jake, how are you going to stay out of, uh, obvious, oh, yeah. yeah, like, how are you going to stay Standard on the down road? Yeah. Like, don't worry. Pulls on, like, a green hoodie and takes out a binder. It's like, do you have a minute to talk about the environment? <laughs> it's like, no one's making eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> the best undercover disguise. <laughs> it's so perfect. You can stake out a place, like, for hours. <laughs> Absolutely. No one will even talk to you. Do, oh we, have, do we have time to take a break? Let's, okay. let's totally cool. take a break. Right on. <laughs> and oh, we're cool. back. We were talking about some off-mic conversations about personal stuff, but it made us think about a general concept of just, like, relationships and lust, and then I I was saying I saw this phrase um, from Nicole Cliff on The Toast, and I don't know if this is actually, like, a religious phrase, because she's evangelical now, or, like, newly... I think she's, like, a chill Christian. Yeah, and so, uh, domestic felicity, because she was talking about Patton Oswalt and his wife, and it's, like, you you don't know... So fucking sad. Mm. Like, you don't know... Like, we strive our whole lives to find a partner, and then we kind of take it for granted, and we're kind of like, oh, being in a domestic relationship is so boring, Mm -hmm. and, like, we don't have sex as often, it's just, like, we just, like, hang out all the time, it's, like... A lot of us are looking for that, and we don't really know, and then when it's gone, you really are sad about that. So. I think it's very okay. Like, I, I I do strive. I do want that, that comfort and that partnership, and mm-hmm. I think we really put the idea of, like, you have to always be so excited and full of lust, and it has to be easy all the time, and honestly, my, my ex really made that a thing. She was like, well, it's not easy anymore, and I was like, no, it's not always going to be easy, but we talk about it, mm-hmm. and we get through things. And then we can keep being awesome together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people forget that. I, I don't know yeah. why. Like, why we always be so excited. Like, yeah. I'm happy to be excited right now because yeah. it's so new. But Yeah. The, the new relationship energy is, like, a really awesome feeling. But it's, like, some people think that that is what love is. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get zero monogamy from, I think. Totally. people are like, oh, I don't feel that anymore, so I'm not in love anymore. So mm-hmm. bye to you and hello to this great, awesome yeah. new thing. Oh, wait, this doesn't feel good anymore. Ah, oh, I guess I'll just throw you out like old socks. Yeah. So my favorite thing right now, 
post big breakup, I did a lot of reading and learning about um, attachment theory. Have you folks oh, heard about it? Yeah, boy, big howdy. time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. great! Yeah, Everyone should know mate. about it. <laughs> and like, I was a like a doula for a long time, so that oh, right, breast, breastfeeding and attachment is like a big thing, which is like a complicated subject. Which I think we'll talk to our friend Noel about. Mm-hmm breastfeeding and attachment and the pressure on, like, women to shoulder a lot of the burden, but in relationships, how this can play out if you maybe haven't had this attachment when you were younger. Mm -hmm. Insecure attachment. Yeah, exactly. So I'm an an anxious uh, attachment style. Um, I want lots of, like, positive reinforcement, so on and so forth. Um, And my ex was an avoidant. Uh, So it went, went together, you know, terribly, but at the time felt felt right because like it was so exciting all the time um and this new person is secure oh, wow and so occasionally i'm like well this is this isn't exciting because i'm so used to the idea of love being this like chaos yeah and that's not it's not love oh. and it's not healthy no. so if new person listens to this secure is good yeah, <laughs> totally. I really, that's something I, I i definitely have been thinking a lot about my relationship recently just because like i have occasion to and mm. uh, and we have been together for a really long time and we definitely had a really rough year. Like, it was a tough year for us. Like, mm-hmm. not just personally and then together. Like, because if you both are having a rough year, your relationship will suffer, too. Exactly. So, But we've been spending a lot of time working on it and talking about it. And it's been um, really revelatory. Revelatory? Revelatory? Revelatory. I only ever see it written. Never try to say it before. But <laughs> you know what? You just gotta give it a That was a bold, bold go. attempt, yes. though. That was good. Um, and I realized something that was... that. I feel very securely attached with her, even though mm-hmm. I have insecure attachments at times with other people. Like when other people uh, will get mad and then shut down and then not talk to me, that is something uh. that I experienced occasionally from my parents and a lot from friends growing mm-hmm. up, like a ton. And so I just think that that's going to happen all the time. And then with, with my wife, it's not like that at all because it's like she might verbally shut down for a moment because she's autistic. So if I stress her out, that happens. Mm-hmm. But she still she stays present and I would be like, can you look at me, please? And she will. And so that's a really nice thing for me because it's like, uh, it's not like I can say anything and you'll still be here. It's just kind of like we can work through stuff together. Exactly. And it's not glamorous at all. It's not sexy, but it's a wonderful, comforting feeling to realize that that's something that you can do. Yeah. I'm so into that, that comfort and that, like, that safety. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Just, to, just to realize, like, I can be so mad at you and then just know that it's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the nice thing about having a very long-term relationship is that you start to identify patterns, which mm-hmm. you like as a pattern. I sure do. Um, and so <laughs> that my, I know that my experience is very cyclical. I know that I am very much bound to, unfortunately, my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I am just, like, I don't like saying my menstrual cycle. I get very PMSy. Like, I have bad hormonal fluxes and I turn into a total irritable cow. And then I realize, like, just chill. It's just a week. Like you'll be fine <laughs> soon. And then, then she'll we do don't need to so... make any bold decisions yeah. this week. She'll, she'll, <laughs> then, she'll, then I'll be so I'll be so like sour for like a week. Like, oh, stop chewing with your mouth open and stuff like that. And then like, and then she'll do something that's so cute. And I'll just be like, I love you. <laughs> You're the cutest person. So oh, that's that's yeah. a nice thing about just like. Just doing the work, yeah. putting the work in. Exactly. And this is the comfort, like, I will, it's just been nine years with my partner, and, like, we're still, like, pretty, like, hot for each other, which is really exciting and nice, yeah. but, like, not at the frequency. That... I said we wouldn't talk about our relationship on this podcast. <laughs> I broke the rule. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Whatever. I'll delete it. If it. No, yeah, it's, it's fine. fine. If his sister is listening to this, like, whatever. He's cute. <laughs> whatever. He's <laughs> beautiful eyes. But just, like... We, we've got this, like, long-term... And he said something to me that really struck me, where it was like, oh, for a long time, especially when I was working night shifts, 
He's like, you were really sad. But it's like, when I met you, you were so vibrant and full of life, and I just knew that that person was still there, so I'm just, like, glad that she's back now. And I'm like, you stuck... Like, you actually just didn't really like that person that I was for, like, four years. He's like, yeah, but I knew that, like, it would be fine eventually. I'm like, holy fuck. That's commitment. That makes my heart so happy. He's such a Taurus, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, really oh, yeah. You got it. <laughs> but it's true. Local pride. Astrology. Oh, gosh. But, like, whatever. He's a, he's a long-term planning kind of person. And yeah. so it's just like, well, I, I wouldn't necessarily things. have the have the fortitude to see through that, you know, to just Mm -hmm. be like, oh, well, this sucks for a long time. And it's like, nope, I have faith that it will come back again. And so, like, I'm learning from that person to, like... Yeah, that's interesting also, just how, just comparing, like, how people in their career life, how that kind of affects how they react to things in, like, their personal life. I change careers quite a lot. Yeah. You know? I gotta get on that train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I stick with things for so long. I'm like a five-year job person. Yeah. That's... I'm 31. Like... Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. okay winners well, for two years, for God's sake. Let's go back to, like, talking about our, like, um, the, the reality of jobs now. I mean, sure. that's just what it is, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just necessarily jump from thing to thing. Because there aren't jobs for that. So no. you kind of have to, to say that. endure a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. It's like, it's a double, double-sided double kind of thing. Because it's like, oh, the, like there's no secure jobs that you could have. Like, your union job for 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's gone. Unless it, you're in certain circumstances. Yeah. Like, if you want to work in, like, city municipal maintenance, like, you're fucking gold. Like, these were the union guys that I worked with for a long time. Yeah. Fucking sewers and streets. Those guys are all over it. Sewer, street, sanitation. Like... They're amazing, but they're I don't. Ninja Turtles. I don't want to. <laughs> yes, but I don't want to roto root pipes. I don't. Yeah. You want to get down in the shits? No, and, and like some? God fucking bless those guys because they have come to roto root our pipes every six months, and they're my. Sorry about people. the tampons, like, guys. I do not use them. Yeah, I know because he's fucking diva. I'm a diva cup. High five to that. <sighs> I, I heard. I heard before, and I'm not gonna force you to put a diva no. cup. So fucking funny. I tell you, I had this conversation with my co-worker today. She's like, yeah, I was thinking about getting an IUD, but I love my Diva Cup. And my doctor today, she said that I, IUD manufacturers say it's fine, but I've two twice in the last month have I had to take someone's IUD out because it, it shifted because they used the <gasps> Diva Cup. And That's I was so like, scary. I was like, guess no weird thing. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I just, at this point, it's spite. <laughs> at That's this point, fair. it's just digging in my heels for no reason at all. Yeah. Sometimes it just feels good to stick with something. Just, like to just be like a goddamn stubborn mule about uh, this one thing. I'm like, everybody else has them. I'm like, no, I won't. I feel like a dork. I just, ruin the world. I love it. I love so. it. I just, I think I'll the, try and love it, the main thing is that I fucking <laughs> hate tampons so much. So much. And so if I ever so forget good. my Diva Cup, I just am like, I'll use a pad. And then I'm like, this is terrible. This is all bad. So like, never forget. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> never forget my Diva Cup. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I had man. a, I have a friend who's a new convert. And she took a lot of Instagram pictures of like no! her blood in the toilet. No way! Yeah, she was so excited. Oh my god! I have the mic there, but yeah, no! yeah. And I was like, "Too that's a bridge too far." That that's. Was, did you see that? That was the the Facebook event I saw. That was like our dear friend and past past guest Lauren Martin, who uh, is is like producing this show. I guess it's like a menstrual art show. I was like, "I love you. I will never go to that." Oh my gosh! I, that is the one kind of feminist I'm not. Is like I'll never paint a picture with my. my I was for a while. Blood. A I friend- read. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I talk all the time. Okay. Well, no. A, well, a friend of mine did a um, 
what's it called, like, performance art project oh, no. where she used her oh. tampon and her menstrual blood... As makeup? On her face. I saw that! <laughs> I hated it. Sorry, your friend. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, it, that's, it's, it's a tough one to, to go with, but she is badass. Just, like, I have to yeah. say, I think it's badass. It makes me uncomfortable, too. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Get down with your you bad know self. Just right? don't make me look at it. Yeah. It is It is very badass. There was that woman that put the ball of yarn up into her menstruating vagina and then knit a sweater with it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to look this up. I didn't know about that. she used the ball of yarn that was in there to, like, so it was, like, tie-dyed. And she made this awesome sweater. That's pretty cool, but I'll... Mm. Like, <laughs> scratchy. <laughs> well, I'm sure she washed it before wearing it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I never think I'm that uptight about this, but I'm just not free-spirity about it. Yeah. Like, I'm truly not. I'm just like, it's private. But not that private. Like, <laughs> yeah. private, not, not so private that you can't talk about it, but just, like, don't show it. Don't yeah. let me see it. There was a while when I got real evangelical, like, when I, I first got my diva cup, and I then I also read the book Cunt, <sighs> and it was all, like, my blood, and <laughs> I water my plants with my own blood, and it's like, yeah, we do that with your diva cup. You water it down a little, and you put it on your plant. So I did that for a while when I Is lived. Is that good for your plants? Yeah, because it's got lots of nitrogen. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so when I lived by myself, I did that, but I'm like, I wouldn't do that now that I'm in a shared housing situation. Yeah, and also, men. with two men, I don't think that, well, probably my roommate would be like, oh, it aligns all of our chakras, so you'll probably <laughs> be into it, but... Ugh, yeah, but like, it's so funny to see that I just I got so evangelical about it and then like got uptight about it again. Like yeah. it just comes in waves. It comes in cycles. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you so thoroughly. That's fucking. Great. You can do that with the diva cup in. No, I'm just kidding. No, you Don't, can't. No, you can't. You can't. You're gonna get like what? a little pointy thing stuck no, in, the, oh, in, the, in the pee no, hole. You could do that with the keeper. I remember they said that because you could like put it. Back those in your pubic cups. bone, those like instead cups, and I'm like, how? Wait, I'm confused. You can't have sex with a diva cup in? You, oh, I do. with someone with a penis. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. This is a different. This is a different thing. You can't have thing. PID right. sex. Oh, okay, okay. I, I have plenty of. I have not done that. I have plenty of sex with my diva cup in. Yeah, but not penetrative sex. Oh, okay, okay. Just sits right there. I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry, sorry, everybody, but I'm not. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. But I, yeah, this, is my, this is my weird thing that I'm uptight about that other feminists would be like, really, Katie? Really? But like, this thing? The, the reason that I got really evangelical about it was because I didn't have a period for like almost a year. Right. And I wasn't pregnant and it was just like my cycle was all fucked up. I think I have polycystic ovarian syndrome that like flares up every once in a while. So okay. I'll go sometimes months without, which is, like, why I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. Because <laughs> it just, like, went on for so long. I'm like, this is normal. It's fine. Yeah. And, uh, so then when I read that book, I was like, I wish I could water my plants with my own menstrual blood, but I don't have it. And so that makes me not a woman. And, like, that oh, no. fucking tied up with, like, my gender. And... Very essentialist. That book is very essentialist. Oh, yeah. It's like, my cunt makes me a woman. And it's oh. like, I know how fucking awful that is actually now. Yeah. Like, I just saw a thing today from a friend who's genderqueer and is just like, I get my period and it fucks me up. It makes me super dysphoric. I hate it. Yeah. I don't totally. like it coming out of my body, but it, like, I still need menstrual products. So please stop calling them feminine hygiene. Yeah. I have seen, I like, think you might've shared it. Uh, may, or, yeah. But I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Junk. Yeah. Or like, yeah. There was, like, yeah, period junk sounds great. Those like, those awesome like underwear that you can get and they make them in like oh, all yeah. sizes. So like anyone with any body type mm -hmm. can wear them Totally. and they make them in a bunch of different styles. So it's not just like cute panties. Yeah. It's like boy shorts and like whatever, like Heck boxers yeah. even with like a pad built in. Like, yeah, anyone has periods. 
And, like, a lot of people that identify as women don't have periods. So, like, yeah. if you tie up your femininity with that, it, like, fucks yeah. you up from both sides. Yeah, I think that's partly why I'm yeah. so, like, about it. Because yeah. I just, like, I don't, I, I don't conflate it with my womanhood at all. Yeah. And I don't really even think of myself as possessing a lot of womanhood yeah. so much as, like, being subjected to a lot of feminine socialization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's very complicated but for But for, for a while, I just got really essentialist. And I think we were talking, okay, so back to teenagerhood. We were yeah. thinking yeah. we would talk about our teenagerhood. We were thinking a lot of feminists and, like, sort of, I don't know, like, women that are, yeah, feminists. What am I doing? I'm trying to be, I was about to say, like, woke women. That's awful. Like, that's that's not how I talk. That's not how I talk. I didn't like it. Um, oh, socially aware. Socially aware. Whatever. But like we all, well, a lot of us have gone through this common phase of being like a young woman that is like, oh, I'm not like the other girls. I only mm. hang out with guys. Yeah. I reject femininity. And then you go through that to come out the other side. And I think that there might be this essentializing phase at the end of that to be like, now I embrace my femininity. Yeah. I'm with menstrual blood at the moon. And I like everything about my essential, powerful womanhood. And so I think then the pendulum can then swing into the middle. And now that I'm in my 30s, I feel like I am now swinging in the middle yeah. a little bit more, which yeah. is nice. So I'm just like, this is, my, this is my thing and it's fine and it doesn't mean as much as it used to and all of that. But now I'm getting into like fucking in my 30s being like reproductive health and having babies is like its whole other can of worms. So uh, we don't need to uh, get into that. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. We're gonna That's talk, a pretty speaking, amazing diversion. Speaking of blood, do you want to talk about Buffy the Vampire? Yes! <laughs> Just shoehorn that right in there. Just shove it in there like it's a steak. Bloody teenagers. We've only got like 20 more minutes. Yeah. That's a lot of time to talk about Buffy. To, we we can always do a, a second Buffy situation. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to be having repeat guests now that we're... This is so funny. It was like we got to our 30th episode. Yeah. Oh, 31st. This is our 31st episode. That we're recording right yeah, now? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, it might change. Who knows? Um, but I don't think we've talked about periods much at all, other than just being like, I have bad PMS. Oh, I had a bad period or um, something like that. This is like the most detailed period discussion we've had. So Yeah, I'm no, like, I'm a big fan of talking about periods. And kind just... of amazing that it took this long, <laughs> is all I'm saying. It's like, people are like, this is going to be like feminist and gross. I'm like, no, no, it's, <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> we're going to get there. Uh, it's amazing. It's good. Uh, to be gross sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Amongst your friends. Mm-hmm. So Buffy. So Buffy. Yeah. Are, are you, have you both like yes. been big fans forever? Please. That, yeah. that show okay. came out when I was 12. Perfect. And it, it started, I did a stand-up bit about this because I did a nerd show, which is happening again tonight, and I'm mm-hmm. not on it, obviously, oh. but I did it last time. You should it, go. No, that's fine. Just go and like get up there. <laughs> You're just like, hey, what's <laughs> up? You can't stop me. Been here before. Have Elbows up. I know but, what I'm um, talking about. But Ed, the guy who, uh, who again, we will hope will be a future guest, uh, who puts it on, he asked me like, I really want you to be on. Can you write a Buffy joke? I was like, are you really Ed? Can I write a Buffy? <laughs> you think that just because I was 12 when Buffy started and it ended the year that I graduated high school, thus you know, running in parallel with my own adolescent experience, which was a literal hell. You think that's why I like Buffy? (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I loved it so much. (laughs) I did. I loved it so much. I wrote Buffy fanfiction. I've read it on the podcast (gasps) before. Do you, is it, does it still, on fanfiction.net? Yeah. Okay. It is. It is. And I read, I read like a, like a, you probably would have called it like a fluff fic back in the day. Okay. Like the, the nomenclature has changed completely. I saw a recent glossary yeah. going around that was like a fan fiction glossary from like. Live journal like times. Like live journal times. Like mm-hmm. before Archive of Our Own even came out, I think. So okay. like, yeah, the, the LJ days, right? Like, or <laughs> round robins on email chains, that yeah. kind of stuff. There was like a squick or a, a squee or all these kinds of different things that you could have. So. 
So I think mine was a fluff piece. I wrote a couple others. It was just like so embarrassing. It was just about I wrote them. Spike being funny and mooning everybody. <laughs> oh, nice. I wrote that in March of 2000. So I was 15. That was more than half of my life. That's ago. amazing. Yeah, oh, I, I love just it. Go and pull it up, and it's so embarrassing. So I might read my fanfic at one of those like embarrassing teenage writing yes, shows. Yes, do it, do it. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Would you guys um, come and cheer for my puppy? One hundred percent. In fact, I actually want to be in one of those shows in the future. I have I have a great story from when I was eight that I want to read. Oh, so, oh nice. Yeah. Maybe tell us about us off mic or something because I really <laughs> want to know about it. Oh, that's good. Um, uh, but yeah, but you're but a big Buffy nut. Huge Buffy. Like, I have a pin oh my jack is downstairs i have a pin it's uh slayer's gonna slay <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man was there like i can get so like deep into like philosophizing like why i was so into any vampire stuff mm-hmm. buffy for me was different because i always would like empathize with the vampires like i always wanted to like i was not in buffy though any other vampire fiction oh, okay, that i would okay. read like interview the vampire it's like oh being a vampire is so romantic but in lost boys yeah but in <laughs> in buffy it was like no i kind of i kind of fucking love buffy and i love willow and like uh. I love Giles so much. Yes, you know? yes. But it's like, even though they're like killing the vampires, normally I love the vampires. What's going on? But not all, because Angel, Spike, like, not, not all, they kill. Hashtag not it's... all vampires. <laughs> hashtag not all vampires. That was the other, that was the other part of the joke that I was, that I was telling. It was like, like, oh, I love, but I did really identify with, but I didn't identify with Buffy because she was like, really, she had a mission. Yeah. She was hot as fuck and she could kick serious ass. I was like, I wanted to be like that, but I was a lot more like Willow in that like, I was very, very awkward, very yeah. nerdy. <laughs> And I turned out to be very powerful and gay in the end. <laughs> yeah. It's actually... Not all the way gay. It's funny. You know, I, yeah, um, well, Willow wasn't all the way gay. She's it, pretty gay by the end of yeah. it. Queer, queer though, yeah, right? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, yeah. I, um... She no, it's... two of the hottest people. Gay yeah, just has a did. better, like, beat to it than yeah. saying totally. queer in the joke. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, I see. So Sorry. I have to do queer Sorry, I ruined... It. Sorry, ruined the joke. It wasn't that good to start with, but <laughs> it was fun, so... Um, no, I, uh... Did that characters thing I'm hashtag signing here but there's no hashtag for it Um, but I wanted to use a Buffy character and I was like I don't know if I really am any of them like I aspired to be Willow Mm -hmm. I loved her so much and I think she's kind of where I like really like figured out my queerness Mm -hmm. because like one she dated like Oz. Oz. Oh, I loved me him. Me too. I loved Oz. He's such a cute boy. Um, I still love Seth Green a little yeah, bit. Yeah, me too. Me too. I love short dudes. Yes. Um, and then she, so she dated this guy in high school and like a little bit of university. And I was like, yeah, that's me, totally. And then to women, and I was just like, I am Willow, mm-hmm. and yet I, she's so powerful and fierce and gets so dark and awesome, and I am attracted to her. Don't know if I am her. Pulls skin off a living man. Holy. That fucked me up. I did not think they would go that dark on the show. Oh my gosh. I couldn't couldn't believe they were allowed to do it. Like, it was so graphic. Yeah, no, it's amazing, though. Like, I'm. Skin off. Yeah, no, it's good, though. I mean, you can see the the times changing throughout the series, you know? Yeah. Um, Just from wearing, like, Sears catalog to to ripping the flesh off a living man. Oh my goodness! I loved rewatching it in my fourth year of university. I was doing like a major. No, it was my third year because it was like my most intense year of like classes. My fourth mm-hmm. year was a bit of a cakewalk, which was lovely. You took a yeah. wine tasting class. I did wine. No, okay, I did. Sorry. I did wine, <laughs> wine science, women's studies, and music appreciation. Like I've been a classical Boom. musician for like my whole life, but I learned a lot. It was great, and yeah. I still have all these awesome. Se- but I did wine, women, and song. I thought it would be poetic. That is amazing. So but my third year, it was like all really intensive women's studies classes and we had all these papers to write and I was procrastinating and I watched the whole entire like seven seasons of Buffy and the five of Angel like wow in the sort of order 
Mm-hmm. They went so that oh, one wow. season to kind of try to overlap them properly and stuff. Wow, so you were like staggering that. them too. Yes, Holy that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, so my friend Allison had the double box sets of both of those. I am so I, like, impressed right now. I have to say, and I'm like, I kind of want to do that again because it was really comforting. And okay, nice. well, let's make it happen because okay. I actually have never seen Angel. Mm. I didn't like Angel. I liked the first season, then I stopped watching. But then Cordelia okay. is a badass in it. I want it exactly. Yeah. And I was for getting pregnant. Oh wow, that's, that's amazing to watch. Yeah, well, Joss Whedon's what? kind of a fucking asshole. Is he? Oh he gosh, is a bit of an asshole. Oh gosh, yeah, I know that. Our girls always disappoint us, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's probably mm. an oversimplification of what happened. it is. Very much so, but whatever. but I'm still but like Cordelia. She was. She became one of my favorites. Honestly. Yeah. Well, okay. So I like saw the episode where she became like a god, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I wanted to watch it from like I wanted to watch it to get to there, but I just never did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we should we should make this a thing. Yeah. We just could. saying. Good. Like a book People club, can watch a buff, along. Buff club. <laughs> buff club. No, buff nice. Club. I have not tried to rewatch it in a while. I think I watched one episode and I was like, I don't oh. know if I still. Because I think it might have been the musical episode, which I didn't really mm-hmm. like, honestly. Whoa. Oh, sorry. That says a lot. Gonna... Oh, a person. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. Um... <laughs> but, uh,. So I oh, rewatch it. Electricity pretty- <laughs> <in their mouth. laughs> um, I rewatch frequently, especially when going through like really stressful times. I find so much calm in watching how like Buffy deals with stress. Or um, mm-hmm. my roommate and I have um, two multi-sided die, like like many many-sided die, to help us decide what season and which episode to watch. Um, that, yeah, that's brilliant. That's right? really cute. Yeah, it took us a while to get to how to figure this out because. Especially with Buffy or if you watch Friends, whatever. There's so many seasons, so many episodes. How do you decide randomly what to watch? And that is how. Oh, I remember the one that I watched most recently that I did love. It is the is the Halloween episode from season four, which is not a good season compared to the other season. Mm-hmm. But the one with Riley? The, no. Well, it is the season with Riley, but yeah. it's the it's the <laughs> one that has A, the Black Ranger from Power Rangers is in that episode as a mm. guest star. That's him. Wow. Yeah, and, and they, cool. they they it has like the little fear demon that comes up in the haunted oh, house yeah. and, and Anya is dressed as a bunny. Yes. yes. That is that the best Halloween episode. That is a good, good dialogue. And then it's like the, the fear demon's like four inches tall. Yeah. <laughs> scary and it's like oh he's tiny squish yeah (laughs) that's a nice metaphor that is actually a great episode and yes that is a great metaphor uh fear is not as big as you think it is um no beer bad and beer bad of great episode episode. great episode (laughs) terrible great episode (laughs) (laughs) but they did that a lot like they had so many good bad episodes there's a lot of really bad, great ones. Yeah. I have to, like, John Ritter was in the second season, I think. I just watched that episode. So, oh, right, I was going to say it. So I I rewatch frequently, mm-hmm. and um, the new girl I'm seeing, she's seen some Buffy, but not a lot. And so I want to, like... Perfect. I want to watch the whole thing with her. So the other night, we started to watch season one, and I was just like, you know what? Let's just skip ahead. Like, season one is not that good when you're, like, getting your hopes up for somebody. Yeah. Um, it's good to watch on your own, but when you're, like, wanting to get someone to love something, don't start there. You gotta get mm-hmm. Spike and Drew in there right away. Yeah. yeah. I actually might just skip ahead to when Willow and Tara meet. Because I kind of just want to, like... Just yeah. hook, her, hook her and I want to get her right shit. in there and break her heart and then... Get her right in there with the gay <laughs> shit, with the gay poem yeah. writing on the back and oh, all that stuff. That erotic. was pretty erotic. So, yeah. so good. Wow. I hate it when people say that Tara is ugly. Like, it makes me oh, so furious. No when kidding. When people say that. Yeah. I'm like, and, she's gorgeous. And actually. also, who cares? Like, she doesn't have also, to Also, she's be. a sleepy-eyed, like, smart lesbian. Like, yeah. That's, that's perfect. I yeah. love her. She's, she's not so meant for boys. It's all guys that I've heard, like, yeah, I didn't really, I thought oh. the lesbian stuff would be hot. She's but then not it's for like, you. She's not yeah, for you. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Dick. Mm. 
I love Tara. Yeah. Me too. It took she, me a while. I like had to come around to Dawn and I had to come around to Tara. Uh, oh, Dawn took forever. I still forever. haven't really come around I know, to Dawn. <laughs> but like she's got her own place. Yes, yes, in she the does. Thing, and it's fine. Yes, she does. But like definitely the thing that drew me into to Buffy really was like, oh, I like the show and it's fun and demons and I guess Angel's really hot, but it was Spike and Drusilla. Oh, it's all Spike. And I'm like, oh, their romance together. They are such a wacky pairing. Fucking I, like, I love dark, it. fucking like so intense. And again, going back to like this domestic felicity or the drama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were the drama, the passionate, whatever. And it's like that's so attractive. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Uh, so I like, I liked so I liked Spike and Buffy together because they had like the house shaking down sex, and then God, like, people I have... wore out that tape. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was God. Like, this, I got it off Kazaa. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God, I got that one. They just had the clip. Yeah. That you could download. Uh, it's like, for horny 17-year-olds, please download this. Because, like, having sex up against a wall was a thing that people talked about. <laughs> you got to, like, see <laughs> it happen. You, I've heard tell <laughs> that people fuck against walls from time to yeah. time. Yeah. I'm but, too tall to ever do that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You I'm not going to lie. It's shack. not... It's not Great. So, yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> for both of you, really. Yeah. Unless, unless you're so tiny. Unless you're also really flexible. Because, like, mm-hmm. like, for me, like, I, I get, my legs get, like, I get, like, a cramp, and it's, it's just not fun. No, it's hard work. <laughs> I prefer to just be, like, prone. Yeah. Like, on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <just> on the ground. <laughs> prone on the ground. Okay. <laughs> That's awful. That's not true. No. <laughs> a bed or a couch or chair yeah. or something. You're, you like some comfort. A more. surface I have comfort. definitely made out slash... Etc. Etc. In graveyards before because you know because of Buffy. Well, because of that and just being a teenager in a small town just and being yeah. a goth, being outside of your house, be. being a true goth. But like, I don't know. So like, I loved Buffy and Spike together, just because I loved Spike mm-hmm. and so didn't much, really so. care for their dynamic. And then like, people have deconstructed it. Like, I think fandom ruins everything for me a little bit mm-hmm. because I love people that overanalyze things to like deconstructing everything. I love you. Go do that. But I don't necessarily want to read it. I just want yeah. to have yeah. the fluff. Don't want the discourse. Just watch. And yeah, it just kind of, it kind of wrecked it for me where I'm like, oh, I guess it is kind of abusive and weird and the way that but they it's... are together is not good. So I'm just like, give me just classic Spike but and I... Drusilla being <sighs> crazy I... vampires together. <laughs> I kind of feel like it's an important discourse. I mean, when okay. you watch the entire series, they, there's so many issues. I was thinking this earlier when I was okay. like preparing to be here. Yeah. Um, so many issues that like they kind of like highlight. So that relationship is one of them for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, when Willow gets totally high on magic, like mm-hmm. addiction. Yeah. What a, and it doesn't really come up explicitly, but it is what she's dealing with and what everyone's trying to help her with. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting to watch all that. I think it's an important thing to show because mm-hmm. they didn't romanticize it. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't like a... Do yeah. you disagree? Or? No, 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 not okay. at all. Sorry, I was maybe looking at you weird. I was, just, I was just thinking about how, like, I thought... The, there were certain things that were done in the story and late in the season or the series that I didn't agree with. Like the, there's like an attempted rape between yep. Spike and Buffy and I just mm-hmm. didn't feel like. I hate, I can't, I can't watch that episode. I can't watch that episode and it doesn't feel right. Like no. according to the character, like I don't think mm-hmm. he, that character would have Me done either. that. No, yeah. So it just felt very unnatural weird. and then I was like, well now I have to hate him. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, I don't think that that was, a, that wasn't an You know what? I think that's exactly the, the piece where I'm like, but I do like that character and empathize with that character mm-hmm. through a lot of the development and this relationship mm-hmm. that's really tangled and like I've had relationships like that yeah. where it's complicated and you don't necessarily know, do I want to be with you or not? And I just want to use you for this and maybe just go my own way. But yet there's some feelings and I don't want to treat you like a used tissue. Like I want to respect you as a person, but 
Yeah. You know, it just gets all, like, super convoluted, so I think that they tease that out, but then it's, like, then they made, like, a bad thing happen, Mm -hmm. that it's, like, but then do we then reject all of their character development and how this person And then they kind of, like, go back to him being, like, an okay guy. Yeah. Like, it takes a while, but... They give him a redemption arc when I was, like, they could have just done that without a rape scene. Absolutely. Like, an attempted rape. Like, it's just... And also, she could overpower him. She always yeah. was able to in the past. Mm-hmm. So, like, why was it, like, I it guess it's, so... like, it was just such a weird, unnatural thing that happened in the, the in the tone of the show. And mm-hmm. it just kind of, like, really soured me for a little yeah, while. Yeah. Like, yeah. I yeah, get that. So, so, I feel but, that. But I, I feel like they could have done a redemption arc even without that, because he was, like, they had a toxic relationship. Yeah. And he's then, always been evil. And then yeah. <laughs> tried to redeem himself. Like, he could have yeah. just done that because he felt like it was the right thing to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So... Yeah, I do like that they definitely showed somebody being like, I did a lot of bad things and I'm trying to be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we talk about a lot. Like, no. we talked about restorative justice on another podcast yeah. and, like, or maybe we haven't. Mm, maybe we didn't we really want to. We didn't release that one because there was some sensitive material oh, in it. Oh, yeah, it's the only one we haven't released. Yeah, but uh, I would like to talk about that in the future. Like, totally. looking at, like, you don't just, I think we did mention, like, a bit of whatever, calling out, calling in. Mm-hmm. Like, do you just cut someone out of a community or do you like, support them in rehabilitation, like, learning what they did and trying to do better. Yeah. Like, is, this is a big thing. That's a huge conversation to have. It's actually mm-hmm. a really... It's one that I think we all struggle with because I think we're kind of taught if you're bad, you're bad. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's mm-hmm. necessarily the mm-hmm. the reality of it. And So we were kind of exposed to that nuance a little bit in that show. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where, like, I kind of feel like my sort of social justice warrior tendencies come from that show a little bit. And it's Same. like, I had that Especially as a... Especially the warrior part. Yeah. I had that <laughs> yeah. as a teenager, right? And it's like, that's all I... That was, like, some of my favorite media, and it really influenced I, me in a... The in a obsession that I had was so deep. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I liked anything, even, a, a like, a moat, a modicum, as much as I liked Buffy when I was a teen. Like, Same. Mm. Going back, like, I... Uh, my friend Tiana made me, uh, she copied, cause she had a CD burner before anyone else did. So she mm-hmm. made me a copy of Californication and then <laughs> the she album or the show. Sorry, the album. Okay. The, uh, Cause I, I was just looking you in the eyes and I was like, you know what I mean? The Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, I <laughs> thought so. You know what I mean? So she made me a, uh, she made me a CD copy of that, but then she made like a cover that was just all like spuffy stuff. So it's just all pictures of Spike and Buffy, like on a shitty just, color I think I printer. Hate the, just like, like portmanteau of people's names yes, together. The that. worst. But I just, but she wrote Spuffy Shipper on there. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so it was just like little cutout, like bad early inkjet printers with like glitter pens and stuff. And it was Aww. just like such a sweet gesture but we were so into it like she could easily come on here and we could do two hours on Buffy like mm-hmm. easily because it was such a big deal to us absolutely what, like what is it like I guess it was just like female power exactly mm-hmm. no absolutely absolutely and there's so many underlying pieces of it as well I was reading an article recently that actually talked about even the bands in the show and the person who wrote it they didn't pay attention early enough to see it mm-hmm. but Anytime there was a male-fronted band, it was very specific to what was happening in the episode. Mm-hmm. So it's Oz's band or the one where Willow goes um, with Amy and they, like, use their magic to change things and, like, they turn the male band into a female band. But otherwise, if you watch, almost almost always it's a female-fronted band. Like, mm. so many small details that His were about... choice and Biff Naked. And fucking Rasputina exactly. did. Yeah. That's how I got into, like the cello more, like yeah. Rasputina and Apocalyptica and all that like stuff. Like the, the non, uh, like classical, classical side yeah. of cello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's really interesting to see like all like, even just the small things that they put in there that made it feel awesome to be a woman. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, hmm. 
it, it was really like yeah that the that the gang even early on when Oz was part of it like it was just like Oz and Xander were the only male parts of the gang like yeah. Angel was never really part of the Mm-mm, gang yeah but it was like it was Buffy and it was Willow as as and then it was Cordelia mm-hmm. and so it was always over like overwhelmingly female yeah. you don't ever see that so it felt like a show that was just all women even though there were a lot of male characters exactly mm-hmm. it's that same thing right like there's like more than thirty four percent of them they're dominating <laughs> but we see the opposite constantly like fucking rescue rangers they just have gadget like she's the only girl what yeah. the fuck mm-hmm. or april o'neill's yeah. the only girl with that's the right out with the turtles yeah like, exactly so so often so then xander gets to be token male in yeah. some ways and giles is giles is like papa mm-hmm. so yeah. so and I xander believe, really I believe grapples giles, giles is Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he's still... Sorry. Again, I don't talk like that, but sorry. it's so fun. He's still so hot, though. He Anthony is Head is still a total babe. So, yes, yeah. he, he is. He doesn't look any different. No, no, he's he like doesn't. one more wrinkle. Ugh. So good looking. So he, he, yeah. he, like, reverse aged throughout the series, and then just stayed the same. So maybe he is a vampire. <laughs> cool. Explains a lot. He's I was, a Benjamin Button. I got... He's a yeah. Benjamin Button. Baseball boy. Sorry, that's a McElroy reference that you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. One thing that I really liked seeing played out as well was, like, high school girl friendships, where it's, like, a mm-hmm. lot of mine that I had were kind of shitty yeah. and, mm-hmm. like, complicated and weird. And so, like, the Cordelia-Buffy dynamic, where it's, like, popular girl and outcasty girl and, yeah. like, how they bond through, like, trial by fire kind mm-hmm. of... Yeah. It was pretty cool to see. Well, one of my favorite moments from the first three seasons was, like, Cordelia, can you please take me home? And yeah. she goes, of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, I just got Sticking chills. up for each no. other. Yeah. And Where it's just, she's just know, like, she comes through. Yes. Um, Cordy comes through. Exactly. And Buffy, I mean, what I liked I, in the one episode that um, New Girl and I watched um, was... Uh, talking about the show New Girl. <laughs> um was that Buffy it was a it was the one where we first meet Amy mm-hmm. um in the cheerleading episode and um and Buffy is just she's always there for the other women. Like she yeah. never throws it under the bus. Like one of the cheerleaders, her hands are on fire and her reaction isn't like, well, see you later. Like, her reaction, maybe it's because she's a slayer, but she's like, she's on fire. Like, we need to go help her. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing, her her answers are always like, we need to help these women. Like, we need to jump in. And these women are important to mm-hmm. all yeah. of us. And I think, like, one thing that I really just loved about Buffy was that she could just kick ass. Yeah. And, like, she looked like a tiny little blonde girl. And then, like, men would lust after her and, mm-hmm. like... The personification of dicks off. Well, the, <laughs> the personification of like male desire, aka a vampire. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Like the yeah. older man, he's like a hundred years old, and he's coming after you, little girl. Like we've yeah. talked about that before. I like to suck your boobs. <laughs> yeah, like she could, she could fucking kick their asses. Yeah, and it was really great. Mm-hmm. Or stab them in the heart with a sword, sending them into a hell dimension. Yay! Yeah, she could do and that it, too. so then she could do that to stick up for her other friends. Whereas it's like a lot of her friends and like myself as a teenager would like I wouldn't intervene or stick up for myself because mm-hmm. I'd be scared but if yeah. you knew that you had those like super strength it'd be pretty great to yeah. walk around not being afraid you just walk around at night in like a hell dimension portal town and just be fine yeah <laughs> it's cool I got yeah. this absolutely and they'd be like don't go out at night and she's like it's totally fine she's like that's sort of what I have to do yeah it's kind of when I work I've guys. sincerely <laughs> got this don't worry don't you worry and I appreciate the team the team effort too mm-hmm. like in the episode I'm talking about they also it's the one where she says you guys don't have to do this like it's it's my destiny I have to do this you don't have to and they're like no like we're your crew we're your we're your gang we're, we're here to help gang. you yeah um, and it's awesome and I like that too mm-hmm. okay a, I'll rewatch it yeah Yay. that's a good good like yeah communal 
I'm so I got so snide about Joss, Joss Whedon after watching the Avengers two Electric um. Boogaloo, <laughs> whatever it was. I just like, ugh, this is so bad. And then mm. I thought about everything I didn't like about Buffy, and then I forgot all the stuff I did like about mm-hmm. Buffy. There's so yeah. much to like. It's so nineties. Yeah, which I love. And early two thousands. <laughs> yeah. But it was so big. I, I think it makes me feel awkward because it reminds me of like being sort of a desperate teen. Mm. And so I'm like, oh, do I want to feel that way again? Maybe I do. I love feeling that way again because yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm like an empowered woman now. And I love looking back on who I was as a teenager and That's just being so like, nice. screw that. I'm awesome. That, that whole like you be the person that you needed when you were a teenager. Exactly. Or it's like you would so be that. That's yeah. Actually, like you would be the like the one that would just be like, hey, get over here. Like, yeah. Your hands are on I, fire. Let's deal no, with that. No, but, like, you would bring them into the fold. Like, you're a community organizer. Like, uh, yeah. you would embrace all those sweet, sweet teenage selves of yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, guys, that's so lovely. I think that's a great place to stop. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you for being here, Ashley. Thanks really, for having me. What a yeah. treat at the end of a crappy week to yeah. get to talk buffs and periods and <laughs> politics and... All that kind of cool stuff. Yeah, we will 100% have you back for more chats. Oh, thank you. I would love to be back. More Buffy forever. See you guys next week. Adios. Bye.